MJ Schrader Podcast, episode 10. Um, we gotta get right into this one. I'm gonna assume this is gonna be one of the longest episodes. Uh, I'm sorry for taking two days off. I'm gonna repay it by having a super long mega podcast today. Watch it not even be long. Watch it be like 40 minutes, and I'm like, well, that's a thing. I took two days off. There's a good chance I missed Friday. So, yeah. Draft is tomorrow. So that's exciting. I think we're all going to be watching. So ideally, the next podcast after this, I'm going to be recapping the draft. Hopping into this podcast, you know, we got some extraordinary topics. Actually, I just want to mention something real quick. Mike Conley traded to the Utah Jazz for you know Grayson Allen, Jay, Jay Crowder, 23 pick. And, you know, the, that to me is sort of, a good move for Utah, and there were a lot of talks that, oh, you know, you you know, Grizzlies are gonna look to move Mike Conley, and I thought that would have been a good move for a lot of teams to jump on, because there's only really two guys you could have trade for who were like blockbuster dudes, Anthony Davis, who everyone was going for, and then Mike Conley. Mike Conley is overpaid, but I mean he's still a good three and D type guy. Utah could for sure utilize him in the West, which is gradually starting to open up because Golden State's seen injuries. You know, you got teams who are looking to capitalize. You got L.A. again, you know, trade for Anthony Davis. I'll hop into that one, too. L.A. trades for Anthony Davis. You got Houston, which I think will still be good. OKC, still be good. A lot of teams just don't have to do anything. Sort of those bottom feeder teams do, though. You got the Clippers who are looking to sign someone big. You know, you got Portland, who I think should still maybe make a trade because I don't know if McCollum... Lillard and Ennis Cantor is really a big three that can run anything. Then Utah makes a splash by getting Mike Conley. Perfect trade. Help them win more games. You know, I'm not saying they're going to go to the finals, but they can at least be more competitive now. That being said, Anthony Davis traded. Of course, we've been over this. Have we? I'm sure we have. <laughs> Maybe we haven't. Let's assume we have. Fourth pick, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. And then a first round in 2024 first round in 2021 i believe for anthony davis this is a trade of course obviously it's a trade i still haven't even gone over the topic so i'm still going to talk about this first though that of course it allows la to look more attractive to free agents but also to me it's a trade that there are really no losers david griffin is not a gm who's too fond of tanking he doesn't like losing he likes win now you know, when he got hired to Cleveland, he immediately started to do some win-now type of moves. We missed playoffs, but we still had a solid core. You know, we win the lottery. We use Wiggins and all that other stuff to land Kevin Love. LeBron comes back. Well, LeBron came back first, but that's not the point. The point is that David Griffin doesn't like to lose or tank. So he's setting the situation up for draft capital. And then now he's starting to look for a deal maybe for Bradley Beal, who might be on the market. If they could land Bradley Beal, really this team, in my opinion, is pretty good. You get Zion, whoever you get the number four pick. Now, I actually got to read my topic soon because it'll explain a lot. Um, You know, they could be a team that could win games right out of the gate. Or maybe take a few years to develop. We'll just have to see. So my topics that I'm going to talk about today. Uh, LaMelo Ball, he's going to go play in Australia. Maybe with or against RJ Hampton, who's the ranked number five high school recruit who's saying F college I'm gonna go play overseas in Australia so that's the thing 
Raptors won the title. I'm going to have to talk about that. I'm actually going to lead off with that one. Anthony Davis trade, we already kind of touched on that. I'll, you know, I'll talk about it a little bit more coming out of this. Free agency roundup. A lot of stuff happening. A lot of stuff could happen. I'm going to break down the top free agents. Al Horford, probably dipping. Maybe. We'll have to see. I'm going to talk about teams that I think would like, or I would like to see him land with. And then my NBA mock draft in honor of the eve of the mock draft. Eve of the mock draft. The eve of the NBA draft. All going to be exciting things. Again, I'm going to keep on going and talk about the Anthony Davis trade. LA lands Anthony Davis. They have something like $27 million in cap. $24 million. If they finalize the trade by like July 6th, they'll have more. But right now, LA's kind of in the scramble. Because they have four guys on their team. Well, let's actually count real quick. They're trying to trade three guys right now. These, you know, Bongo, Mo Wagner, and Johnson. You know, and they're looking to move those three guys in an attempt to clear up cap space for a Supermax. Or for not for a Supermax, for a max slot. Those three guys make like a million a year. So you want to clear out those guys for draft capital. Okay, go for it. Like, whatever. Clear up cap space. But at the end of the day, so it's looking like the only guys they're going to keep are Kuzma. Kuzma, LeBron, and Anthony Davis are the only three guys who they're looking to keep. And with the cap space that I think they'll find, I think I've talked about it before, they should maybe go for Kemba Walker, maybe land Kawhi, but this was before they trade for Anthony Davis. I think I think that they should just say, let's not get a superstar. Let's just get a lot of role players and talent to add depth. You look at teams like Boston, like Toronto, Milwaukee. These guys do have one superstar, but then they have a lot of depth, and as a result, they win games. They win more games. They have more longevity. You know, if you sign a Kemba Walker or a Kyrie Irving, you're going to have no depth because you're not going to have money. You're just going to have a bunch of veteran minimum guys or maybe second-round draft picks, maybe some guys you bring up from the G League who are going to be out there playing, and they're not going to be too talented. I think your best case is to sign, you know, Danny, like a Danny Green and or honestly, and, you know, like J.J. Redick, Jeremy Lamb, guys like that. Maybe even bring back Contavious Caldwell Pope if you want. But that's the situation that I think they need to do to add depth, to add, you know, because I think overall that'll win more games. I really like the idea of Danny Green and LeBron back together, catch and shoot threes, J.J. Redick. You know, I still want to see Kyle Korver in the Lakers. Maybe Memphis cuts him. You know, because they got Kyle Korver in the deal, too. Maybe they end up cutting him. L.A. can sign him and get a whole mess of shooters out there with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Ooh, that'd be entertaining. We'll have to see, though. All I know is the Pelicans have the fourth pick. And also, I want to talk about the NBA Finals. Raptors 1-6, I was right, kind of, not really. I mean, I was wrong, I said they'd win Game 5, and then they didn't. And then I said, oh, they'll win Game 6, and they did. I believe I predicted a 5-point differential in the final score, I think. I think the final score I predicted was like 106-101, and I was very adamant, like, 5-point differential. So, I mean, I wasn't too far off. I mean, Raptors won 114 to 110, four-point differential. I was kind of close. I wasn't close in the final score, but I was super close with the with the differential. And I think I said Pascal Siakam would be the guy 
who would go off in game six. I mean, he did have a good game, but Kyle Lowry did too, at least in the first quarter. Fred Van Vliet, that man is funny to me to watch. It's like, oh, we're up 10. I'm going to brick this real quick. Wait, this is this could be like the clutchest shot in my career. I'm going to be automatic. That's who, fuck, who, that's who friggin' Fred Van Vliet was. All these like routine shots that weren't clutch, he was missing. And then all of a sudden when it was crunch time and it was time to win the championship he was like yeah i'm gonna break quinn cook's ankles real quick knock down the three smack a three in front of everyone's face and get the bounce to go in that's who he is and as a result he did have one vote for finals mvp Kawhi had 11 of the 12 votes the one vote went to fred van vliet would i have voted for van vliet probably not but <laughs> maybe i would have just for the love of the game i think it could be fun very entertaining finals. I think everyone can agree to that. People are happy to see the Warriors lose. Give a round of applause for Klay Thompson, though. He tore his ACL and walked back out there to shoot the free throws. And then, like, everything about it, like, he was like, Coach, I'm just going to, you know, rest for a few minutes. I'll be fine. I'll be back out there. He tore his ACL. His dad asked, did you hear anything pop? He was like, no. Well, he tore his ACL. So, about that. Probably did. He said it could affect his free agency decision. I think both Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant will be back. And they'll just both be rehabbing. And the entire season will just be... I don't think they'll get Boogie back. I think they should really make a run for him. But I don't know if they will. So it's looking like for most of the year, it's going to be Steph Curry and Draymond Green having to carry the load. I saw this one meme on Twitter. It was Steph when Steph Curry's averaging 34.7 points per game and his team's the 8th seed. And then it's just LeBron laughing. I was like, yeah. That's basically what LeBron been doing. But the NBA Finals is very entertaining. The Raptors parade had, I heard, between 1.5 and 2 million people. Everything like that. It's a lot of people. That's more than the Cavs parade. The biggest parade I've heard of was the Cubs parade, which I think had 5 million. That's what I heard. That's a lot of people. Oh, my God. Singing about that, dude. But congratulations to Kawhi. As I previously said, I don't think this will affect his free agency decision too much. I do think he will re-sign with Toronto. I think it kind of comes down to Toronto and the Clippers. LA is going to make a run for him. New York's going to make a run from him or for him. You know, he doesn't care though. He said he wants to be the leader on a team. He could be the leader on Toronto. Yeah, he could be the leader on the Clippers. But Toronto, you don't got to move. He was offered a whole bunch of free stuff. You just want a championship, so obviously you can win. Stay in Toronto. That's what I'd be doing. You know, and fans started chanting one more year, and then Kyle Lowry said, no, 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 five more years, and they all started chanting five more years. That was fun to see. So I'm into the next topic. LaMelo Ball going to go play in Australia. So whether you like the Ball family or not, because I know there's plenty of people who don't like the Ball family. You know, I don't hate him. I actually like LeVar Ball. I think he's a very smart businessman. He peer pressured Magic Johnson to taking Lonzo Ball at the second pick when I don't even think he should have been in the top five. But that's neither here nor there. But it's interesting to see and to think, how is this going to play out? You know, LaMelo was a top 20, top 25 recruit in the nation. I believe he was the ranked number seven recruit when he first left Chino Hills to go play in Lithuania. And then he played professional in Lithuania. Didn't do too good, but he was a kid. Then he comes and play, comes back to America and plays in the JBA where he dominates because it's a bunch of scrubs. And then he plays 
for Spire Academy. And he does good. You know, that team, I think it was ranked number one team in Ohio, probably. I'm going to assume yes. I really was trying to go see one of their games. I was about to go to the Garfield game. I never did, though. Maybe even the Eds game would have been fun. That's only down the street. But, but what he was able to do in high school, and if you watched his game from when he was at Chino Hills to Spire, he changed a lot. You know, where previously at Chino Hills, he was kind of like this. Every time I get the ball, I'm going to pull up from three. If I'm cross half court, I'm pulling it up. Like, no matter what, that's what he was doing. But then you see, when he got to Spire, you saw through playing in Lithuania, playing in the JBA, and then being, you know, playing at Spire, they changed his game up. You know, he went from being this perimeter shooter to a lot of the times being this athletic guy who was doing these jelly layups around the rim. And then also being a facilitator. He was more of like a pass-first type of player. And yeah, he might have that jump shot in his arsenal. I don't really know how accurately that shot was going in. Probably not too accurately. Not too consistently. We'll see when he gets to Australia if that changes up even more or any more. But I think his best bet is to continue to play the way he's been playing. If he wants to go to the NBA, which obviously he does. He said he wanted to be the top pick. His best bet is to continue to attack the basket do those fancy jelly layups to throw off defenders or pass because he is a gifted passer kind of like runs in the family because Lonzo has it I don't think Jello really has it but Jello's not going anywhere and then maybe if NBA scouts try out or not you know scouts or even coaches if he gets drafted want to test out his three-point shot and they decide hey you know he can shoot then all of a sudden he's this all-around like great guy you know he could be a six foot eight point guard who can stretch the floor and attack the basket and facilitate the ball. That's pretty entertaining. That you know, that sounds exciting to me. I'd want him on my team. So, I'm interested to see how things play out with LaMelo. He's going to go play in Australia. And playing professionally, he's already played in Lithuania. Now he can play in Australia. Of course, he's had some more time to develop his game and get better. So, I'm excited to see if he puts up big numbers or what he does. He's playing in the same league as RJ Hampton. I don't think R.J. Hampton has committed to a team yet or signed with a team yet because it's professional, so he's not really committing. He's signing, right? I don't think he's really signed with a team yet. And him and LaMelo were kind of talking about, hey, let's team up. Seeing them both on the same team I think would be fun, especially for Australian basketball fans if they exist. That would be fun to watch. But I think seeing them on different teams and seeing how they play against each other would also be something that would be fun to watch. Either way, it seems like a lot of players are starting to take alternate routes to the NBA I mean there's only three guys I think in the top 100 recruits who aren't going to college and who are just like gonna there's one guy whose name I don't remember he's like rank 40 something and he's gonna go to the G League and I think he was working out with Boston last I heard then you have of course RJ Hampton and LaMelo who are gonna play professional in Australia but sort of like taking alternate routes to get to the NBA because you don't need to go to college you just need to be one year removed from high school. So, and college is just like the overall best route because where else are you going to go? You can stay in the country or better yet in state, depending on what you want to do. You can play for these great coaches. You can learn a lot. But you can also then go to Australia or Lithuania or Italy, wherever you want to go, earn a paycheck and play professional. So you're playing better talent. You're playing grown men. And if you can do good there, you might actually be a better prospect. So, again, all these teams are taking alternate, or all these teams, all these players are starting to take more alternate routes to get to the NBA. 
and I'm kind of interested to see how this plays out. What I would like to see the NBA do is kind of have like a G League draft where they draft guys from high school who declare and then they draft those guys, they play a year in the G League and then they go to the actual NBA draft and they don't get signed by the G League team that drafted them. They just go to the draft and get normally drafted. Now the reason why I like to see that is because no one really watches the G League. It's not even really too much of a developmental league as it it actually never really was a developmental league. It's just kind of like a second league. By allowing high schoolers in, especially the top recruits, you got more people wanting to come to games, wanting to watch, wanting to buy jerseys maybe. So it'll make you more it'll make the NBA more money by having these guys in and overall also being able to work with these teams, work with the facilities to be able to really play up against better talent because you got to ask is G League talent better than college talent probably so you're playing up against better talent it's better development overall really gets you into the league easier it's better for the players too and then they can make a paycheck that's what I think the league should do and I think kind of LaMelo going to Australia I'm interested to see how it plays out I'm interested to watch him play it'll be fun to see so next topic of the day we're going to do a quick little free agency roundup i'm talking about d'angelo russell Kyrie, kemba Kawhi, kd clay and i'm also going to talk about al horford real quick so al horford has said that you know or he opted out and he was like okay i'm going to work on this long-term deal with boston but now it's looking like both parties aren't going to get it and he's just going to sign elsewhere long term al horford's a very solid center i think he can contribute with a lot of teams and he's another good free agent who's thrown into the market. I think I just always want someone to sign with Indiana. So I always feel like Indiana's just one piece away. You know, I want to see like Kemba go there or something, or maybe D'Angelo Russell. We'll get into that in a second. I think Washington as well. Same with Charlotte. Charlotte and Washington, I'm going to talk about those two teams. Both Charlotte and Washington really seem like they're one big man away from being really good teams. And if Washington decides to go for the win-now route, signing out Horford could be something great for them. Charlotte, of course, they have Kemba Walker, who is unsigned. So it might be kind of tight with money, because I don't know what kind of money Al Horford's going to be asking for. But if they can manage to land an Al Horford, maybe make some trades to clear up salary cap, and then you can bring back Kemba, you got a team that can, I mean, win some games in the East. It can be competitive. And that'll be something interesting to see with the East, of course, not being super strong, it doesn't take a ton to be com- to be like a contender in the East. But now the West is getting weaker, and there's more teams competitive in the West, and we're getting the one thing I've always wanted. Parity! Oh my god. It's happening, guys. There's finally parity in the league, and it's not even really... And free agency really hasn't even started yet. So the teams I want to see Al Horford sign with. D'Angelo Russell. There have been talks that Indiana's really high on him. And Indiana really wants him. So I want to see D'Angelo Russell in Indiana. Because I want to see, again, these teams that weren't very competitive last year be more competitive. Victor Oladipo comes back healthy, throwing D'Angelo Russell, averaging 24 points per game. Oof. That'd be a nice little lineup. i like to see it. But I don't know how two ball-dominant guys would really work out. I don't know if they could work together. Is it an experiment worth taking? I don't know. We'll have to see. But as far as where else could D'Angelo Russell go... The list is kind of short. I wouldn't be surprised if New York kind of makes a run for him or for him. 
because they realize that they can't really sign all these guys they thought they would. And D'Angelo Russell ends up sitting for a long time until teams are really starting to go for him. For him, Because you have guys like Kemba Walker and Kyrie who people want more. There's Kawhi. There's the potential of Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson. You know, maybe. You know, you got all those other guys. So people are going to wait for that crowd to thin out before they start calling a D'Angelo Russell. So teams like Indiana who really have no chance at signing a big name blockbuster free agent because of their market, because it's Indiana, should really early on make a run for should really make a run for D'Angelo Russell. But because if they wait too long, all of a sudden New York's gonna be calling. You know, maybe Sacramento calls. I think have I talked about Sacramento? I know I've talked about D'Angelo Russell's free agency before. Maybe Sacramento calls. Harrison Barnes declined his option. They have a bunch of money now because of that. Maybe Dallas calls, as I've said before. They really still just need, like, one point guard. But I think Luka can kind of be their point guard. And they have ball-dominant Kristaps Porzingis. So we'll have to see all that plays out. And one of my friends was like, L.A. And I was like, there's no way he goes back to the Lakers. So I want to see him in Indiana. Again, he's a restricted free agent. So I guess maybe Brooklyn could bring him back if they really wanted to. But then he'll request a trade. So maybe that's, maybe that's the goal right there. But... Obviously, Sacramento, they made a run for Zach Levine last year. In fact, they signed him, I believe, right? Zach Levine and Sacramento agreed on a deal, and then Chicago matched the offer. So maybe they want to make a run for another point guard, and they can go after D'Angelo Russell. I'm actually fairly confident it was Zach Levine and Sacramento. Um, Another player, Kyrie. I still believe Brooklyn, and that's kind of looking like what it's going to be. Boston believes it's going to be Brooklyn. Uh, there were talks that Kyrie wants to play with Anthony Davis, so maybe LA is still on the table. I don't really buy that. I still think it's Brooklyn. My prediction's right. Boom. That's what it is. I've been saying Brooklyn for the fattest minute. So I want to see Brooklyn. I think it will be Brooklyn. Next player coming up got Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker, I believe, will. Honestly, it's a it's weird for me to think about if LA kind of goes for a blockbuster free agent instead of adding to the depth I think Kemba Walker could go to LA other than that maybe New York but I heard that Kemba Walker is not really interested in New York maybe Indiana I would love to see him in Dallas I think that would be really fun I think ultimately he might actually end up back in Charlotte and I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back in Charlotte my prediction, you know, honestly, I'm just going to throw out a hot take. Dallas, Kemba Walker in Dallas. No, I'm going to say Kemba Walker in Charlotte. That's my hot take. Kemba Walker stays in Charlotte. Kawhi, KD, and Clay. my hot take prediction, none of them change teams. KD opts into his contract. They sign Clay for a max, and then Kawhi signs, like, a long-term extension with Toronto. I think he signs a five-year deal. I think it's what they do. And I think he stays, and I think all three of them stay. Now, Clay and KD, I've talked about it before. At least I've talked about it with KD, but the same rule applies for Clay. Is that it will be easier for him to stay in San Francisco and to stay with Golden State and sort of develop, you know, and help cure their injuries. Oh, my God, what's the word? Rehab. To help rehab their injuries than it would be to move across the country and work with new medical staffs and stuff like that. Neither of them are probably going to play this year. 
which means that taking a year, maybe Clay signs a one-year deal, KD opting in would be a one-year, and then they just run out that contract on rehabbing, and then in the 2020 free agency class, then they go out. And I believe Draymond Green is also a free agent in 2020, which means that Golden State might be looking at Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green all being free agents in 2020, which is going to be something that they're going to have to work with, and they're going to have to try to figure that out. But I think Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant both resign. I think Kawhi resigns, and he's going to continue to play in Toronto. It'll be amazing to see how they play, and if they can continue to win championships, be this really competitive team, and I think they can. I think it would be fun to see them trade Kyle Lowry. Do I think they will? Hell no. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe this podcast won't be super long because I'm at about 25 minutes right now. And I'm already on the last topic, my NBA mock draft. You guys all been waiting for it. Everyone been wanting it. And by everyone, I mean no one, but that's fine. NBA mock draft. I only did the lotteries. I thought there would be a lot less time. But I guess there's more time. I'm still only going to do the lottery because I didn't even write out the rest of it. So, pulling up the mock draft real quick. Oh, man, that's bright. <laughs> Let me turn this down real quick. Um, <laughs> picks 1 through 14 is the lottery. Those of you who don't know how the lottery works. It's, I'm actually going to explain how the lottery works <laughs> since, I, since I have more time. Because I think not a ton of people know how the lottery works. Every team that does not make playoffs, which is 14 teams, gets entered into a lottery. How it works is every single potential like order of the picks has a number assigned to it. The top three teams each have equal odds at the number, or the bottom three teams actually, all have equal odds at the number one pick. Never ever really plays out like that though. You know, in previous years, it used to be 25%. Now it's about 15, right? But then those three picks all have different odds at landing a top three pick or a top five pick. So each team has a number assigned to, or each potential order has a number assigned to it. Obviously, the worst teams have more orders and more, you know, potential draft pick selections, if that makes any sense, with them having higher picks. Then from there, the ping pong balls come out. As the balls roll out, it's a number. And then the final number that's revealed, that's the number of the draft selection order. And then they do all this fancy stuff and come out and then reveal it. So they actually know the order beforehand. I think they probably do it like 15 minutes before they actually announce the picks. They then select the ping pong balls and they go, okay, well, this is a three, this is a two, you know, whatever, so on and so forth. So you have, I think it's a nine digit number something like that and then they go well with this number let's just say 100 million i just don't feel like saying a whole bunch of numbers the 100 millionth draft order is this bam so this is going to be the lottery draft order and then they go out and then they do you know the pick by pick all fancy and stuff the second round doesn't have a lottery the second round is just determined by rank of teams so only the first 14 picks are done by a lottery no other picks are done by a lottery that probably made no sense to anyone. So a question that I was asked before in my life is how do they know who has a top four pick? Because basically what happens as the draft goes on, I believe what happened was after the ninth pick went by, all of a sudden it just says Lakers have secured a top four pick. Actually, I think it was before that. I think it was the 10th pick. It was like the Lakers have secured a top four pick. 
So how does that work? How do they know that? Because based off the order of the picks that went, I believe it was the 10th pick, so that means five picks. Based off the order of those five picks, the only possible situations that were available had LA in the top four, which meant there were no more situations with LA outside the top four. There you go. Hope that made sense that I explained the lottery and have killed an extra three minutes. I actually was a lot quicker with that than I thought I'd be. <laughs> okay, first pick. Actually, should I count down? No, we'll start from the top. Uh, first pick, New Orleans selects Zion Williamson, Duke. Is that a surprise to anyone? I think everyone has Zion going number one. I've had Zion going number one since he was 16 years old. <laughs> Kid's a freak of nature. Got to work on his jump shot, but he's perfect everywhere else. He's going to be a great building piece for New Orleans, who won the Zion sweepstakes. Second pick, Memphis. Ja Morant makes even more sense now. Because they trade Mike Conley, they have a vacancy there at point guard. Ja Morant can fill that vacancy. You know, I, I remember, I think I talked about it before, maybe Mike Conley works as a mentor to Ja Morant. I think now, obviously, he doesn't really need a mentor. I don't, this is not really mentorship in basketball like that. So John Morant takes the, you know, solo starting point guard position there in Memphis. There also were talks that New Orleans looks to move up with their fourth selection and another and some other assets to number two to then pair RJ and Zion together. I think you'd really only have to move up to three, though. I don't know why they would want to jump to two. And by, I think that overall just makes more sense. I don't know. It was just a rumor that I don't think is true, but it was just something I read, and I think it's interesting. New York, number three. By the way, uh, my mock draft does have trades, but there's only one trade inside the lottery. So, not too entertaining in terms of trades. But, number three, New York takes RJ Barrett. They need a forward. They wanted their forward to be Zion. Instead, it's going to be RJ, who, in my opinion, has a lower floor but a higher ceiling than Zion. I think he has more potential. I think he could turn into a Kevin Durant, this great scoring machine. And NBA players were like, I think RJ is more complete, and I think he's the better player. Now, I don't think he's a better player, but I think everyone can agree he's more complete. You know, he can shoot, he can attack the basket, he can work post-game, he can really do everything. While Zion is just a freak of nature at attacking the basket, and obviously, he is so good at that to the point that I think he's better. But... I don't disagree that R.J. Barrett is a more complete player, in my opinion, has more potential. Number four pick, the only trade. <laughs> New Orleans trades down with Atlanta. New Orleans obtains the eighth pick, the tenth pick, and the 41th pick. 41st pick. I don't know why I said 41. That was weird English. Come on, man. So, Atlanta have been looking to move up. There have been talks about maybe with Cleveland. I think New Orleans is kind of the guy because I think they want to overall obtain more draft capital. And doing that, you know, again, two first-round picks, both in the top 10 and then the 41st pick, you could utilize those. Atlanta drafts DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, you know, I think New Orleans looks to trade down because outside this top three of Zion, John Morant, R.J. Barrett, there's kind of a drop in talent. And I'll go into sort of how it works with after the fifth pick. The fifth pick is the interesting one. There's sort of a drop in talent. And then from four to like ten, maybe even like a little bit after, 
it's all kind of very similar potential type players to the point that if you trade down, you're really, you might not even be missing out on too much because you might be getting a guy who has just as much potential. And in New Orleans case, you might be getting a guy who has just as much potential at eight and 10 instead of just having one guy with the same amount of potential at four. Atlanta trades up. They take DeAndre Hunter. They get a forward. Kind of something they need a little bit. I more have them taking DeAndre Hunter with the anticipation of them getting rid of Kent Bazemore, and then they have you know a guy to play small forward. DeAndre Hunter is a great two-way player. He can score. He can play defense. He's unselfish. I think him working alongside Trey Young and John Collins can be very fun to see. Young core, boom. I think it's a great trade, and they get a great player. Cleveland with the fifth pick, and as I said, I'll talk about sort of like the tiers of how great players work in this draft. Cleveland takes Darius Garland, point guard to Vanderbilt. Why? You got Colin Sexton. Well, here's word on the street. First thing I heard is John Beeline, new new Cavs head coach. Fond of DeAndre Hunter. So you think DeAndre Hunter. He's gone. Interested in running a two-point guard system, which then says Darius Garland. And I think they also met with Jared Culver once, but... So here's how the tiers of sort of like greatness, or not greatness, I guess overall players work in this class. You have the top tier, which is Zion, John Morant, RJ Barrett. Then you have sort of like Darius Garland in a tier all of his own. Because it's like, he played like what, five or six games, and he did great in those games, and he sort of seemed like as the next, he like looked like Steph Curry, he really did. And then, you know, ranked number one point guard for the high school recruiting class. Goes to Vanderbilt, gets injured, says, I'm going to sit out the entire season. I played, you know, five or six games. I did what I needed to do. So Darius Garland kind of has a question mark. Like, if he would continue to play at that pace and progress, we're talking about him being in the discussion of that top-tier type of talent. He's a wild card, and he's a risk that I think the Cavs kind of need to take. If Beeline thinks I can run a two-point guard system, I can have, you know, Sexton and... Darius Garland in the backcourt, and then I can have Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench continue his sort of six-man-of-the-year type parade because the team sucks. He's not going to win it, but that's not the point. Then you're going to have to do it because Darius Garland, I think, has a lot of potential to be talented, at least a lot more potential than all the other guys outside those top three. And when potential and when his, and when when potential is there, you need to take it. So for the Cavs, I think it kind of comes down to DeAndre Hunter, Darius Garland, Jarrett Culver. I've heard a lot more from DeAndre Hunter and, De- and Darius Garland than Jarrett Culver, but they have met with Jarrett Culver before. That being said, Phoenix at six takes Jarrett Culver. They need a point guard. Maybe they make a run at D'Angelo Russell. Who knows? Jarrett Culver, two-way player, can really score on all levels, can rebound, can assist. Very all-around complete player. I wouldn't be too mad if the Cavs got him either. Maybe I would. I don't know. I don't think his jump shots can be able to translate to the NBA. Don't at me. But I wouldn't be surprised if he gets to the next level and he can't shoot. And he's going to have to score around the basket. Phoenix gets their point guard. Chicago, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish can play small forward. He can play shooting guard. Based on what I think, I think Chicago would more likely run him. At small forward. Ooh, excuse me. <coughs> Keep like holding in coughs during podcasts. It's probably not the smartest thing in the world. Um, 
in this mock draft, I don't have them trading Chris Dunn. You know, I, I've seen a lot of mock drafts have them trading Chris Dunn for another lottery pick. I don't see it happening. So, in that case, they have a point guard shooting guard with Chris Dunn and Zach Levine. They drafted their center last year. So now, let's get a small forward. Cam Rush, again, can play shooting guard, but you can also play small forward, and I think fitting him in the small forward position overall makes more sense. Stretch the floor, get a shooter out there. I don't really think they have a ton of shooting out there in Chicago. I think they got some guys who can stretch the floor, but they don't got a ton of guys. Cam Reddish can help out with that. New Orleans at 8. New Orleans via Atlanta. They take Kobe White, point guard out of UNC. Kobe White is my favorite guy in the draft. Outside like the bandwagon picks like Zion, I do love Zion, and he really is my favorite player. But I'm not going to count those guys. Again, those are bandwagon picks. So I'm going to say Kobe White's my favorite guy. I would not be surprised if five years down the line we look back on this draft and we ask ourselves, how did Kobe White slip that far? Because, you know, I would genuinely not be surprised if he ends up being one of the best point guards in the class. He could stretch the floor. He could play defense. He can really do everything. And he's a six foot five, right? Six foot five point guard. Forget it. And he's athletic. It's not like Michael Carter Williams who's a six foot five point guard and kind of like the first generation of these tall point guards who wasn't really uber athletic, couldn't really stretch the floor too well. Kobe White can do everything and he's a six foot five point guard. He'll fit in New Orleans. Again, since he's a six foot five, you can play the two if you want him to also. But New Orleans gets another point guard. Maybe they look to move on from Drew Holiday or maybe they just kind of have this four man rotation. Have Kobe White play shooting guard. Drew Holiday play shooting guard. Have Lonzo start at point. And have, I almost always say Kevin Hart. Have Josh Hart come off the bench for the point guard position. Every time I almost always say Kevin Hart, I'll go... And I'm like, oop, nope, it's not Kevin Hart. <laughs> Number nine, Washington. Jackson Hayes. Point guard, or not point guard. Center out of Texas. Oh, this point guard talk got me messed up. Center out of Texas. Washington needs a center. As I've talked about before, maybe they make a run for Al Horford, but I think just drafting big men at this point is probably their best bet. Jackson Hayes, kind of one of the better centers, if not like the best center in this draft class. There are not a ton of centers, though, so it's not really saying much. He's a guy who can block shots, get rebounds, score a little bit around the paint efficiently, around the hoop efficiently. I think he's a good fit in Washington. New Orleans, their 10th pick. Again, via Atlanta. Sick of Dumboya. So this was something I was conflicted on. I thought about maybe New Orleans goes big in the draft and they draft two centers. Or they draft Dumboya. I think they'll draft him kind of regardless. Power forward. Sort of makes up for that vacancy a little bit. But I think they're fine running small. And plus you have Zion who could be a small ball center, or you can experiment with that. So you really do draft two power forwards here, and then you get another point guard who helps out. Deboya is athletic, play defense, attack the basket, needs to work on his jump shot. Again, he's the mystery man out of France. Interesting to see how he'll pan out. I think New Orleans is kind of a perfect fit for him. Pick 11, Minnesota, Brandon Clark. Forward, you know, he could play a little bit of power forward. He's 6'8", so he's kind of undersized. But mostly at small forward, so you could see him. 
I think Minnesota might run him at big. Maybe you got power forward. You got Carly Towns, but other than that, you don't really got too many people in the front court. And they also don't have too many people in the back court. And this was another place where I considered, you know, dropping in a point guard for Minnesota. So you don't really have too many people for the back court. You got Derrick Rose. I think Jeff Teague's a free agent, so he might be out. But you might need another point guard. Maybe they go point guard here, but I think Brandon Clark makes a lot of sense too. So I'm going to go Brandon Clark. Charlotte. As I talked about before, with Al Horford, I think they could go for a center as a way to sort of keep Kemba in town. Here they take Roy Hichimura, center out of Gonzaga, power forward out of Gonzaga, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I think it's a good pick for them. Again, they need to go big. They need to get some bigs. Maybe if they want to sign Al Horford, they don't go you know, a big man here. Or maybe if they do go big man, they're not interested in Al Horford. But he's a very complete player. And he's also one of my favorite guys in the class. I think overall his size is going to be his biggest disadvantage. But I think if he can, you know, maybe grow more or change his game up a little bit, he could be really good. And I'm also interested to see how he plays out. He's another kind of one of my sleeper guys. And I'm not saying, I don't think he's going to be as good as Kobe White. Because I think Kobe White could be next level. But Roy Hachimura, I think, really could be a guy where we ask ourselves, how did he fall that far? So, you know, you got to have the old-timers go, well, you don't know about how good we all thought John Morant would be. I wouldn't be surprised if John Morant's a bust, too. I mean, I don't think he will be, but I wouldn't be surprised. Miami takes on Nasir Little. Shooting guard, small forward. I wouldn't be surprised. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if they go big here as well. Nasir Little, a lot of people were comparing him to Kawhi Leonard at the beginning of um, the college season. A lot of people had him going number one overall. And then obviously he plays and he gets outshined by a lot of his teammates. And he just doesn't really have a great season. So a lot of this is you're banking off him. You're really drafting a high schooler. But you could play small forward. Dwayne Wade retired in Miami. Maybe Nasir Little replaces Dwayne Wade. I think Miami will make a lot of trades. You know, because they do have a lot of guards. And people in the backcourt who are overpaid. And I think they're going to look to trade those guys. You know, there have been talks that Cleveland and Miami are sort of looking for a calorie, calorie, a salary-friendly trade. Where Miami can clear up cap space and Cleveland gets draft capital and takes on some of those contracts. So maybe Cleveland ends up with the 13th pick. I don't know. But if Miami keeps it, which I think they will, I think they'll take Nasir Little with the intentions of trading some other guys in their backcourt to clear up cap space. The last pick of the draft, I mean of the lottery, Boston takes a guy whose name I can't pronounce. So, God's plan, I'm winging this. Goga Bitades. Bitades. I should Google it. You know what? We're, we're all in this together, podcast listeners. Google Translate has never worn me down. Oh, God. How do you spell it? Oh, there it is. Okay. Copy. Paste. We're, yeah, this is live right now. I'm not editing. I'm, I could pause this, but I'm not going to. Vitadze. What? <laughs> One more time. One more time. Vitadze. Okay, what she said. Uh, that guy out of Georgia, the country. 
He's a guy who plays a lot like, yeah, I know a lot more about his game than his name. Plays a lot like Nikola Jokic, where he can, you know, he can assist the ball. He has soft hands. He can finish around the rim. He's not going to be a high flyer, but he's a center. Boston loses out on Al Horford. Maybe going for a center here is kind of the move. My hot take for the lottery and for maybe even the draft in general is Bull Bull Falls. I have him go t- going 20 to Boston because they go off for another center. And I think he's sort of a risky pick. Not only with injury history, but with how skinny he is. Yeah, he's tall, but he's super skinny. And he might not be strong. So letting, you know, maybe if he's there at 20, I would take him on. Especially if you took... Especially if you took... Especially if you took... That guy. I don't know if you heard that when I turned down my volumes. That was loud. With the 14th pick. You know, he's more of a safer pick. Maybe taking Bull Bull at 20 and you got sort of a wild card type of pick is the move. Also, something interesting I saw, I looked at a full mock draft and I saw Taco Fall projected to go at 50. I didn't know he was going to the draft from what I heard because he didn't want to play basketball. Maybe he goes to the draft though. Maybe that's fun. I would love to see Taco in the NBA. But from what I heard, he wants to be an engineer and he only really played basketball for the scholarships. So, I don't know. But anyways, guys. That's going to wrap off this mega podcast, which probably isn't even the longest podcast I've ever made. But that's not the point. The point is that I hope you guys had an amazing day. I hope you guys had an amazing time listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed my podcast, consider listening to my other podcasts. I got nine others that are pretty good. Some of them not very good. Some of them are pretty good, though. My personal favorite, fun fact, my personal favorite podcast, Podcast 6. This one might take it, though. I'm not for sure. So, if you enjoy the podcast, consider sharing them or listening to other podcasts. If you want to find me on social, my Twitter is at Mike underscore Strain 17. My Instagram is at Mike underscore Strain. Strain, S-C-H-R-A-N. So, find me on social. I think you can sponsor the podcast now. If companies and brands want me to sponsor them, I guess I could do that, right? That would be fun. <laughs> Make some money off my hobby. So, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Hope you guys have a tremendous, tremendous day. And I'll see you maybe Friday, maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday. So I do want to make up for that podcast. I'm probably going to miss Friday. And I'll be recapping the draft, amongst other things, depending on what news happens between now and then. But for sure, recapping the draft. And I hope you guys have a tremendous day for the last time. And I'll see you later. <laughs>